Martin! Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! Hey guys, welcome to a very short episode of Jobber Talk. My name is Martin, and today, today we will talk about the Coates Gus event, WrestleFest. Or the full wording is WrestleFest. Coats Gus birthday bash that happened at Taft Food by the Court, March 16, 2019, that night. Well, before I gotta do my whole review, I gotta put these two things out of the way. First and foremost, it was promised that we would have free beer for the first 100 people. Um, I don't know about the rest of my friends who were watching there that night, but the only one who confirmed that he received some beer was our friend attorney pepper who was the very first guy to be there as an attendee so i guess the picture below on the match cards were true free beer for first guest so first guest attorney pepper congratulations my friend you got the free beer uh second speaking of early attendees um they had to endure the long wait because the show was promised to start at 7 p.m. But we started around 8.30 p.m. Because there was still the seminar on the new app called The Answer. Now, as much as I would like to say I'm a bit annoyed at that, I had to understand because... The first seminar, the seminar happening before the wrestling show started late as well. And a friend of mine told me that the old ladies who were attending there came early, like around 8 a.m. just to wait for that seminar. So imagine them like sticking around for the seminar and being there for like 12 or so hours and watch a few more minutes of wrestling before they left. So yeah, I can't be mad at that, like. It's not their fault the seminar got late. It's the seminar handling that was late. So yeah, uh, those two issues aside, let's go on to the show. Now the venue Taft Food by the Court, for me, just for me, okay, is a very easy place to commute. Like, I just have to go to Boney Station, MRT, and just get the southbound train all the way to Taft. And then the tricky part comes out when we have to leave Taft Station and walk around 5 to 7 minutes up to the same street to go to Taft Food by the Court. Now, those who are not used to the area might get lost if they do it by, you know, by a taxi or by jeep or by tricycle. But if you're familiar with the area, it's walkable, though... It reminds me of the places I walked through since PWR Manila Madness. It's kind of scary if you're walking alone. So please save your life, walk with a friend, and watch wrestling together. Now let's go on to the first match. And my god, it was a title match from the start. Because Coach Gus had an opening promo and brought out MWF champion Robin Sane to fight a mystery opponent. Well, it's not a mystery if you saw the match card because you'd know and you would be surprised to see it was Nuke. Yes, that's right, Nuke 
from AOWW, the guy who faced Brian Leo just last year at AOW Genesis, is facing Robin Sane for the MWF title. And my god, he had a huge reaction, especially from the kids upstairs, like they were going crazy while he was entering ringside and nothing was even happening yet. The match started and my god man, Nuke was using the power game against the MWF champion Robin Sane and he was almost in control of the early goings of this MWF title match. Man, those were like powerful chops on the corner by Nuke after Robin Sane tried to chop him down there. That was pretty uh, not good strategy by the champion. Uh, we got to see a very powerful spear delivered by the nuke. And he almost got a tree count, I think. If not, man, that, that he spiked Robin Sane hard on the mat. Like, one huge body slam and then a couple of hard suplexes. I, I thought, like, he just broke Robin Sane in half with those moves. But Robin Sane pushed through, fight through, fought through, I'm sorry with a nice Hurricane Rana on the nuke, and then he followed that up with a Sling Blade. But at one point of the match, Nuke yet again tried to deliver his devastating spear on Robin Sane, but he missed and he hit his head on the turnbuckle. And that's where Robin Sane got in control. He dove to the outside, delivered a Michinoku driver back in the ring, and he went up for the 450 splash. One, two, three, the chaser, the trailblazer, the speed chaser, the daredevil himself. The MWF champion retains his title against a very formidable opponent in the nuke. Now after the match, the MWF champion got on the mic and told nuke that he has to come back. I mean... The kids love you, Nuke. Where have you been? He congratulated Nuke and told him he was still the man. Now, I don't freaking know what was going on inside the ring because Nuke was trying to lift the arm of Robin Sane to, you know, to show him that he's the champ. But Robin kept on preventing him from lifting his arm in victory. That kind of pissed off Nuke, I think, because a few moments later, he attacked Robin Sane, and then he came back in the ring and planted him hard with that spear. <laughs> Gosh, man, I mean, Nuke, it's literally like a year since his last match. Uh, I'm recording this March 17, 2019. Yes, I'm recording this at the day of Path of Gold, and hopefully, guys, hopefully... This episode gets released today because we can get this show out of the way. And to say that, congrats, Nuke. I was hyped to see you come back. I really can't wait to see what the future holds for the former AOWW wrestler. Will he be back at Art of War? Will he join the ranks of other feds like PWR and or MWF? Or maybe... He's going to be the cornerstone of this new federation of Gus Global Championship or Gus Global Wrestling. I forgot. But before that, let's just tackle another returning wrestler by the name of Blackzilla who was tag teamed with Charlie Salmon. Beautiful Charlie Salmon where we last saw him at an MWF show fighting Kyle Season. He's here to team up with Blackzilla 
who's back since his match in Unilab against beautiful Billy Suede. They're tagging up against Mr. Lucha and the mysterious Lucha Donna. Yeah, that's right. It's for the first time, it's Lucha Donna and Mr. Lucha on one corner in a tag team match. And this is pretty amazing because we got three masked wrestlers and a beautiful one, Charlie Salmon, in the ring. And man, the mass of humanity in that ring was huge. I mean, every Irish whip, like, you could feel the ring move due to their intensity. Like, like one point, we had Blackzilla thrown into the ropes. He bounced off the ropes and we felt the ropes and the ring move like, boom. And then Lucha moved and like the other side of the ring moved. And basically, man, it's like seeing a team of the unstoppable force taking on the immovable object. And it was pretty nice because early on in the match, it was the smallest person in the ring who was giving the biggest amounts of fight. It was Lucha Donna, like amazingly kicking ass of Blackzilla and Charlie Salmon. Proving that it's not the size of the dog or the bark of the dog. It's the bite and the fight of the dog in the fight that matters. Man, that, that's so much. Okay, that, that, that was bad. I'm sorry if I... That was a bad pun or a bad analogy. But yeah, basically, it was so much Lucha and Lucha Donna. It was too much for Charlie, Salmon, and Blackzilla to handle early on. And they tried to walk out of the ring. But they realized they have to re-enter and focus on the match. And focus they did as they isolated Mr. Lucha on one side of the ring. Charlie Salmon and Blackzilla were in control of the match until we saw... Alright, we saw a hot tag to Lucha Donna and everything was back in order because it was gonna be a Lucha party. After an assisted crossbody by Lucha on Lucha Donna, who landed on Charlie Salmon. And then before the match ended, we saw a DVDX on Blackzilla by Mr. Lucha. Lucha Donna capitalized on this situation, grabbed Charlie Salmon, spinning DDT from the corner. One, two, three, and Lucha Donna gives the win to her team of Mr. Lucha and Lucha Donna. And I might say, like, this is amazing to see the intergender tag team partnership of Lucha Don and Mr. Lucha. Maybe we might see it in a future MWF show. But before that, let's talk about another. Yes, you got me right. Another returning team up. And this time it's the PWR side. Because for the first time, apparently this is their first time to tag in a match with each other. It's Alexander Belmonte III and Chino Ginto. Yeah, two members of the network or two former members of the network. I don't know. But man, they came out with the network theme song and they took on the Youngbloods. That's Morgan Vaughn and Frankie 13. And even though I'm pretty sure the kids were not too familiar with these guys, they were doing the network hand gestures when Chino Ginto and AB3 were coming out, and, and that was awesome. And it was kind of awesome. They were tossing a certain water bottle, and it was absolute, so that was also green. Uh, the, the weird chance, though, though the crowd were so behind this match, was Kuya and, yes, Putang Ina. 
Yes, there was a putang ina chant on a match that was not featured by Mike Madrigal. More on Mike Madrigal later, by the way. Started off with AB3 versus the Glitz, Glitz, Morgan Vaughn. And a few moments later, they would tag out and it would be Chino Ginto versus Frankie 13 inside the ring. Now, first part of this match, it was all network, baby. And that's where the Putang Ina and Kuya Chan started as well. <laughs> However, the young blood got their uh, got back into the match as they sneak attacked the network as they re-entered the ring. They started to double team the network inside. Well, usually it was like when it was AB3 inside the ring, Frankie and Morgan Vaughn were using their tactics to cut the ring in half and put AB3 on their corner. There was one point of the match wherein Frankie was down and AB3 was going to the corner to tag out to Chino, but Chino got pulled out by Morgan Vaughn, that dastardly glitch man. And it was still AB3 getting isolated. However, there was a point where he got the hot tag. Chino got the hot tag and was dominating. And they did a double T move on one of the members of the Young Blood. Uh, I think it was a fireman's carry by Chino Ginto and a running kick to the head by AB3. They tried to do it again near the end of the match. But there was a miscommunication between the network and the Claymore, or the running kick, landed on Chino's face instead, with Chino down, and the referee apparently was too confused in the situation, and his attention was diverted to Chino and Morgan. Frankie snuck in a low blow on AB3. They delivered a uh, double running kick in the middle of the ring on Alexander Belmont in the third and AB3 got pinned. The Young Bloods get their win here. I think their first win as a tag team ever if you count the match at HistoryCon with the Naughty Boys. So they're now 1-1 in crossover tag team matches. But for the record, it's Angsty Boys. Zero wins, one loss and the Young Bloods one win and zero loss. I think the fun part of this match was the little storyline they put on who's the legal man. Because at one point, I think it was AB3 and Chino saying, wait, I'm the legal man. No, wait, let me pin him. I'm the legal man. And they had to do the Jack and Poi in the middle of the match to figure out, okay, fine, you get out of the ring, I'll pin this guy or I'll fight this guy. <laughs> and that was an enjoyable uh, part because, you know, it goes to show that even though they were D-Network before, there's still some kinks they still need to figure out. I mean, Chino just got back, and with this miscommunication, with them almost maybe fighting after the match, but they did the network sign instead. But you can see the frustration in the eyes of Chino Ginto and AB3 after the match. Is this gonna spill over? In the Path of Gold match itself, I can't wait to see it today. And maybe, just maybe, it will. And for the Young Bloods, they're short of one member, Ashura. But it seemed like they have become a well-oiled unit. 
and we have no idea where this is gonna take them but i have a good idea of what was next it was mike madrigal the couple man himself taking on danger rex lawen who by the way was pretty over by the kids i mean they were you know they were latching on to him just like they were latching on to nuke's physique but instead of because nuke was acting up it's because come on you and i guys right now we're all gulapanatics and man we popped hard when rex lawen did the eagle pose or the eagle dance of Dante Gulapa inside the ring and the kids were like chanting Gulapa, Gulapa or Eagle Pose, Eagle Pose. And man, Madrigal was like, ah, oh, he was running roughshod at ringside. He was like flipping the birds to the young crowd members and all the kids. Were, like when he was like facing them, they were also giving him the middle finger, man. If someone had a good shot of that, like the Rove kids, like flipping off Madrigal while he was flipping them off, like that's one of the like the best moments of the show. I mean, ah, oh, God. Uh, okay, uh, the the show's not done yet, but I'm telling you, I'm divided by two matches that I should be dubbing match of the night that night at Coach Gus WrestleFest. First match would be, of course, the tag team match between the Network and the Youngbloods. And the second match that should be tied of match of the night would be this one. Mike Madrigal versus Rex Lawin. And man, this is the first time I've seen Lawin and uh, Madrigal, you know, match up. It's pretty nice. I mean, they got the crowd, you know, they got the crowd in their hands. Like, anything they were doing, we were like, you know laughing it up you know like you know we got worked um speaking of work it was mike madrigal working on rex lawen's arm and he was joking that or something like that oh my god uh, i think i can say that it, this show apparently has explicit tags so long as don't say f yeah there you go so long as i don't say that word <laughs> and Madrigal got his comeuppance when they brawled to the outside and Rex Lawin just tossed him to the row of chairs. However, Madrigal fought back and he was gonna toss him to the row of chairs near the kids. But he faked it out, flipped the bird again to the kids and he brought Lawin back and oh my god, that, oh, that was cool. I'm sorry for this, uh, for this, for me not you know being so composed right now but i'm just gonna tell you man this was great this match was crazy this match was so crazy as hell i loved it man i loved it i mean there was one point you thought the rex trigger was coming off but madrigal reverses it and delivers a move that sends lawin to the mat that sends lawin to the mat he also stopped lawin midway through the corner and he did that electric chair drop maneuver that he used to do a few months back that drove Quattro to the table. So imagine that thing that he did to Quattro. He did that to Lawin and man, he planted Lawin to the mat. But the kids mostly and us actually also cheered on Lawin and we were chanting Gulapa, Gulapa, Gulapa. 
for him to come back strong. And he came back strong with that huge-ass spinebuster on Mike Madrigal. He goes for the Rex Trigger again. Blocked. GTS attempt. Blocked. It misses. And Rex choked Madrigal in the middle of the ring. I think it was chicken wing, chicken wing move? I couldn't... I had a bad angle on it, but I know he was choking Madrigal out. Madrigal couldn't fight it off. He couldn't answer the three count of the referee. So the winner by submission, it was Danger, Rick Lawin. Ah, man. That was a very fun match. And I really hope down the line we get to see Lawin versus Madrigal too. And I really wish it was going to happen back there at Taft with the same audience and with more people. Because, oh, man, that, that was a very fun matchup. Like, if... You couldn't have asked for a better placing with a tag match that was so over by the kids and the crowd. Next up, with this match, it was like, next. Next match was so good. And then this was so good as well. Man. So good job to these guys. You know, and good job to everyone in general. Come on, guys. Come on. It was good. And speaking of comebacks... We have another returnee, if you didn't count his return to MWF, but you should count it. It was Moises Liwanag and Jomar Liwanag giving us a prayer segment. But in between the prayer, the lights went out and The Undertaker was there? At first I thought it was The Undertaker audience guy who was entering the ring, but apparently there was another Undertaker. There were two Undertakers! But Sonny introduced him as Underfaker, so fine, I'll, I'll call him the Underfaker. The Underfaker came into the ring and tried to attack Moises Liwanag, but the light was too bright. Moises grabbed him, and he delivered the backbreaker, and all was well. All was well, and Liwanag told us that he had a hefty donation. He got a huge donation, the House of Liwanag, from... Gus Global, so this May they will be supporting Gus Queens in his bid for, I think, Commissioner of MWF? I don't know. But yeah, watch out for that, guys. Liwanag is for reals back. It wasn't just a one time thing in MWF Noche Buena 2018. It's for real. He's back in the flesh. And uh, everyone should watch out if they're not on the side of the light. Speaking of the light. We got our main event, and by God, this was a doozy. You know, don't I'm not particular of criticizing moves and such, so, you know, you won't get that here. Maybe you'll get that in a Chino Liao broadcast of WrestleFest. Wait, Chino, did... I, I didn't see Chino. Um, whoever was there in Coach Gus WrestleFest who would be so kind to talk about in in SGP. There, there we go. Because it was Coach Gus in the match for the Gus Global Championship against a mystery opponent. And he called out anybody at the back to fight him. Lo and behold, we got Kanto Terror, man. Kanto Terror accepting the challenge. But before he could enter the ring, we had Blackzilla and Rex Lawin attacking him outside. Most of the fans were surprised that Lawin attacking went, wait, why are you doing this? And then he just had to say, he had a point because he was getting paid by Coach Gus. And we were saying, oh, okay, you know, we can't, 
Man ain't lying. That's true, man. Go on, go on. But still, uh, why would they have to beat up Kantaterra? We're supposed to win, David. It was a pretty nice match, and we even had an assist by Mike Madrigal to Kantaterra. Like he chased off Rex Lawin with a uh, kendo stick while he gave Kantaterra a can of beer for Kantaterra to gulp down and fight against Coach Gus. It was a pretty fun match with Blackzilla interfering like at some points of the match, but there was one point in the match where it's like, wait, what, what the hell is Kantotero doing here in the apron? Uh, I have no idea what's going on, but you know what? I'm just going to step back, let you do your thing, man. And apparently there was a, it was a coin purse because when he attacked Coach Gus, a ton of one peso coins flew out of the ring and uh, I caught one of them. So thank you, Coach Gus, because that one peso helped me jeep my ass back here to my house from Bonnie Station. So yes, there's a relevance to me getting one peso coin that night. It was just enough for me to get one jeepney ride back home. So salamat, Coach Gus, but also salamat, Attorney Pepper, for the ride that night too for us to go back to Bonnie. Fine, back to the match, back to the match. Uh, let's see. Well, it was Gus with the help of Blackzilla who got the pinfall victory and he got the Gus Global Championship and he is the first ever Gus Global Wrestling Champion because he got on the mic and said, this is not PWR, this is not MWF, this is not AOW, this is Gus Global Wrestling. And with that, we officially have our fourth entry into the list of pro wrestling I don't know pro wrestling promotions in the country yeah so congrats to you coach Gus and congrats to everyone who was part of WrestleFest the coach Gus birthday bash and yes belated happy birthday coach Gus for me as a fan it was enjoyable like regardless of it starting late it was still enjoyable because, man, it was wrestling. It's a very nice venue for wrestling. I mean, if he's really going to make it into a 50 peso show, that'll be awesome. And, yeah, I am so stoked to see what's going to happen next to this, to this new promotion of Coach Gus. And today, guys, please do not forget that it's wrestling day. It's Path of Gold. PWR's Path of Gold. March 17, 2 p.m. Right here at Circuit Makati. Power Max Center Spotlight. And you can help this site and suck by being a monthly patron. That's patreon.com slash 14. Check out our other shows such as Third World Linux, Third World Gaming, Radio Norm, and Bodega Nights. You can follow us on the Twitter. That's at CH14. All letters, no numbers. Please like Jobber Talk on Facebook. And that's it. I'll see you guys in the next episode where no doubt I will be talking about Path of Gold 2019. Good day. Thank <music> you.